Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Sour and Sass. I am very excited to be joined by the one and only uh, Dave Dabo. Welcome to the show, Dave. Uh, thanks, uh, thanks, Garrett. Um, I was uh, I was making some bets with a, with some colleagues today to say, well, is 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 Garrett going to um, uh, show up when his his cool sort of like Miami Vice look, or is he going to uh, tone it down for uh, uh, for today's conversation? So I, I lost. I thought you'd uh, you'd have that cool white jacket I saw you have on in a, a different broadcast. Um, but great to be here. Okay, so like it's the uh, am I working from home? This is like the you know flip flops, work from home energy, and then I've got the like jacket on going into the office energy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah different, well, it's funny, it's funny. Your intro video, you know, had me in a suit jacket and you know, <laughs> all that stuff, and I'm like, I, I don't think I've um, worn uh, an actual suit jacket in about a year and a half, and it's like, I don't know who that guy is. Like, yeah. yeah, who's that guy? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, no, man, I, I'm excited to have you here. And one of the, the first things I wanted to ask you is, it looks like you've been at CleverTap for about nine months. Um, in your mind, as a CMO, what's the most important thing from an approach standpoint when you join a new organization in that first quarter? Like, looking back, what do you maybe wish you did different going into that first quarter at CleverTap? What did you learn from it? And kind of, you know, what advice do you have for anyone tuning in? Yeah, I, I, I think, you know, whenever you, um, uh, you know, from a uh, sort of an executive standpoint, um, you know, go into uh, into what I, I like to call new gigs um, and, you know, especially in the marketing world, uh, the, the IBM studies of uh, a 24 month life expectancy of, um, uh, you know, a, a CMO, even that number has been dropped down. Um, and so, you know, it is it is important that when you go into a, a new organization that you actually do spend a some time listening as opposed to just reacting to what you think um, is is needed and and that's where you can make some mistakes that um, you can tear down some some pieces of the already established bridge um, that that you shouldn't be uh, touching and that that tends to be the common mistake that um, that I, I didn't make a clever tab locally, but at other yeah. um, other ways throughout my career, I've definitely made those mistakes. And um, and so I think, you know, that's that's one thing I like to say. The second thing is um, um, when you're looking to grow a business rapidly, um, you know, really try the best to, to your ability in the first uh, in the first 60 days uh, to really understand the metrics um and understand what is what's actually going to drive growth uh growth for that brand yeah. that, that's that can be a really tricky thing to figure out and it can take a couple quarters before you really settle in on on um on, on figuring that out yeah before we expand on the metrics part i want to dive deeper on just like the relational piece for a second so your cmo do you focus on the relationships with the C level or do you focus on the relationships with the D level when you get in? In other words, are you really, really focused on horizontal or maybe vertical relationships around maybe the CEO, the CFO, the CRO, or are you really focused on getting the director of demand gen on the same page with you and things like that? Yeah, this is, this is why the CMO uh, works 20 hour days. Um, I used to have a full head of hair like you, Garrett. Um, uh, um, uh, so uh, you, you, the, the answer is that you have to do both. 
Um, and and then also, you know, sort of depending on the um, uh, the stage of uh, where your company is at. You know, CleverTap is approaching 400 employees globally. Um, you know, I would love to um, uh, every week, you know, do a one-on-one -on -one with you know every member of the you know my director level team and even the level below that. Um, but that's an impossibility. Um, uh, so. Um, you know, the uh, the relationships that you have at the at the C-suite level are, are certainly important. And I dedicate a, a significant amount of time to that. Um, um, we've got a great CFO. Um, uh, I always plug our CFO. Um, you, you have to be nice to your CFO when you're in marketing. Um, but, he, but he does a really good job of, you know, sort of understanding, you know, where the um, as a privately held company, where the um, uh, the boundaries are. Um, from uh, from a finance perspective, the individual, um, uh, the the director levels and um, and and the the people that are in the weeds on a day to day basis, um, I think it's really important for uh, CMOS, um, especially at companies like CleverTap in this um, uh, sort of B two B tech stack world that we live in, um, to be as involved as they can possibly be. Um, and at least have a strong understanding of um, the struggles and, and strengths of, um, of, of your organization. The, the more you know about, um, it's, like, it's like that, uh, that old NBC uh, ad, the more you know, um, the, more, the more you know about um, uh, you know, what's going on, the better you'll, you'll be suited to um, help lead it forward. I love that, I love that. Now it is Sour and Sass, are you ready? I am. Okay. Am I, am I, am I supposed to at, did I pull out my candy yet? <laughs> yes, I, I'm very nervous. Because, okay, so I usually do toxic waste, and I haven't had warheads in a minute. Okay. And so I'm ready. Go for it. I'm going to let you dive in. I, I, I should have pre-opened mine. Um, and I, and I, will I will let you know as well how, these, um, how this goes with uh, uh, French roast Starbucks coffee. Oh, it doesn't go well. That's what when I when I left on camera a second ago, I was grabbing a water because. <laughs> oh, okay, it is in. Bring it on. That's bad. Oh, yeah, that's real bad. Yeah. So, what relationship did you forget about? What's the one that nobody talks about? Everybody knows the CFO. Everybody kind of knows the sales team. What's the thing they forget about that they just like blindsides them? And they're like, holy crap, if I would have got some continuity here, a little bit better integration, I would have been a lot more successful. What's that relationship that you think we forget about? Um, so having to take the uh, the watermelon, uh, the sour watermelon out for a second. Um, I think it's easy to lose sight of, um, of um, the relationship that you have um, with your HR team. And and the um, sort of the importance that they can uh, they can play um, for a high growth organization. Are you referring uh, to recruiting primarily? In other words, being able to attract and retain the right yeah. talent. Yeah, because ultimately, um, you know, you've got a good network. I've got a good network. Um, yeah. But once again, you know, the you don't have that much time to to really you know uh, right the ship and really grow a brand pretty quickly. So. Um, you know, making sure that um, your relationship um, with your HR and recruiting team is 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 done correctly. 
Um, and that can be challenging. Uh, uh, you know, we're growing super fast at, at I mean, this isn't meant to be a sales pitch or anything, <laughs> but I mean, we, I, you know, this is a brand um, like the last couple of companies that work for have, have also grown pretty fast. And um, the challenge of hiring globally um, uh, for a centralized um, marketing organization um, is, is very tricky. Um, yeah. And so there's a, you know, certain traits um, that, you know, I look for um uh when when i'm hiring new people and bringing them into an org yeah no, i love that i have like four full-time recruiters in-house and we do a ton of scorecards use who methodology i mean i think that's the most almost the most critical probably business unit in the company because i you know operate an agency right I, I like to say we're a talent business right we connect people with talent uh and then we give them infrastructure yeah but one of the questions i had for you is around your brand very interesting very, very interesting. So I professionally evaluate SaaS brands for a living. You have like this experiential brand as if you're like a McKinsey or a consulting type firm above the fold. And then when I scroll, you become a SaaS brand. So it obviously differentiates you from your competitors. It looks different than everyone else. I don't see it very often. It looks like a McKinsey homepage versus a SaaS homepage, right? So yeah. kind of what, what's your approach there? Why are you doing that? What, what has it done for you? Why are you doing it? Tell me a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. Um, so nine months ago, it didn't look that way. Um, yeah. And, um, you know, even, uh, even, it, you know, took us a couple quarters to sort of think it through. And, um, and, you know, ultimately, for us, um, when we, uh, when we look at the competitive landscape, um, and, um, and not just the competitive landscape, but then we look inside, you know, the specific verticals that we play in. And when you sit down and you talk to our customers directly, what is it that we're really doing um, and providing and bringing to the table um, to our customers? So, you know, anybody can say the all-in-one platform thing, and um, and while it is true um, uh, with us that you can have an all-in-one engagement and retention platform, at, at the end of the day, uh, what our our brand really does is it helps customers um, shape experiences inside inside mobile apps. And um, you know we're we're, uh, we're we're constantly experimenting with the message. So uh, you might see um, a more uh, traditional SaaS message there next month that says engage to retain. Um, and um, but with an, you know, underlying message of, you know, utilize, um, you know, actual data uh, to drive, um, uh, drive uh, real time uh, engagement and retention. And, and when you think about um, shaping an experience and, and using engagement to retain customers, um, uh, that's that's the world we live in. I, I, I like to think of the old. Uh, uh, I date myself here with my kids. I'm, I'm sending a couple of kids off to college next year. Finally, and um, Bye -bye. and um, and I'm I'm like okay, you know, like one of my daughters doesn't doesn't uh, doesn't know Led Zeppelin well enough before I think I can release her uh, to to college, and um, and then one of my my sons didn't even know who Pink Floyd was. Um, well, and, he has the poster up with the with the rainbow, like that's a, it's a requirement when he moves into his dorm. I, I know. So I said, give me your phones. And I went into their Spotify <laughs> account and, and I set up a, a playlist for them. But, um, you know, for uh, for um, w when you think about it, the, you know, the Pink Floyd song, you know, you can't uh, 
Uh, you can't have your dessert until you eat your dinner. Um, uh, you know, re re retention is the dessert and, um, uh, and engagement is the dinner. And our brand, um, like when we talk to customers, like our huge advantage is, is around uh, marrying of engagement and retention um, and connecting that back to the overarching shape the experience piece. Um, and it's, um, it's, it's definitely different than, um, than, than a lot of SaaS brands. And it is also, um, when, when you think about all these brands, regardless of the space you're in, if you're yeah. just in, you know, omni-channel, or if you're just in analytics, or if you're um, uh, a full service platform or something like that, what ultimately separates one brand from another? Um, and the answer is creativity. And it's, you know, what makes that brand um, look and appear memorable um, are, are the ones that um, have a chance, I, I think, of, of, of making a dent. I like that. Now you've made some other choices that I think are interesting. And I want to get your feedback on it. So I don't see a obvious category. I don't see obvious solution content and I don't see pricing in the menu. I think all three of those are unique thoughts in this world right now. Uh, you know, when I look at your competitors, nobody really has a category. So I'm like, Ooh, that could be an opportunity. Is that something you want to pursue? Or is that, you know, like how, do, how does that thought process of what's going on today around category creation, kind of the jobs to be done, solutions, content, and then obviously pricing being more at the platform level instead of in the menu level, like it's kind of nested. Kind of yeah. what, what are your thoughts around that? Yeah, um, pricing's, uh, pricing's really interesting. Um, it, it, is, um, it is something that, um, uh, you know, you try, to, you try to run research on it um, and, and you try to understand the impact of pricing on your brand, um, you know, before you make a pricing move. So we had... Uh, we, we we had you know pricing models on on our website. It was in the the primary navigation structure, um, and if you know your um, uh, target customer um, is is mid market and up um, for a product like we have, um, does pricing help you or hurt you um, during uh, during the sales process? And um, pricing in in some cases um, positions you down brand yeah. um and if you're trying to go um up brand and and this is just a general statement but if you're trying to go up brand sometimes it's better to um hide pricing and remove pricing from the uh from the from the primary um navigation structure um I like that and and I so we're bring around that though dave real quick yeah so because this is what i'm curious about too because i get what you're doing by the way i totally get it, it makes perfect yeah. sense but when i get to pricing it lands on enterprise instead of startup which I also yeah. think is wise because that's the customer you want. What I want to know is, do you even know about that decision at the size of your marketing org or does that decision happen beneath you in that sense? Like, do you create a direction that says, look, marketing org, we, my vision is that we raise our AOV and we're going after larger accounts and then they translate that vision into that action. Does that funnel all the way to you or like how, what's that separation like in that large of an organization? Yeah, um, uh, you know, data on 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 target markets. You know, who you're trying to sell to. Um, uh, we we um, uh, I, I can't get into who, uh, but yeah. you know, I did bring in um, uh, some pricing consultants and um, and a couple of different agencies to um, early on um, yeah. uh, to take a look at. Um, it's also you know, Garrett. This is also one of the one of the tricks of the trade when you're new into an organization. 
um, you know, there's certain key things you want to look at um, and, and decisions you might need to make to, to move something forward um, that are, are potentially impactful. So, you know, pricing and, and how we use pricing um, and making sure it maps correctly, um, uh, correctly to our customers. If you think about it, like we live in the space of monthly active users. Uh, we're, we're, we're all about, you know, how, uh, Garrett, how many monthly active users do you have in your app? And that right there is the, uh, the, the initial sort of self-determining metric of do you belong in self-service or are you an enterprise? That's the band, uh, right? How, what's your MAU is kind of that yeah. qualifying inbound SDR kind of moment. That's right. And we are, we are, by the way, one of the only brands um, in, in this particular space that even offers um, a self-service, um, a self-service um, wow. pricing model as well, um, or a startup pricing model. Um, and so like nobody else touches it. Um, and so it is, it is, um, uh, it is, you know, sort of tricky to, to have those, um, those two different things going, but there are two distinct different parts of the market. Um, and, um, and so our, our, our product really being as, um, sort of diverse as the product is and it, it's a, a you know really good product it's been around for a little while now um it's got a, a, a fantastic reputation um globally um uh, that um you know it, it makes sense for us to um to target both the um uh, the the other part of the market as well as the enterprise and the challenge right is like how do you do that on your website um you know so, I mean, the answer to that is almost always, um, you know, if, you know, if, if you're, you know, 60% of your revenue is enterprise or 70% of your revenue is enterprise geared towards that. And then, um, and then, you know, create separate programs and, and campaigns for the, the startup program. Um, so along that, yeah. So along that line, Dave, do you think, so I have this belief that, enterprise is going to become startup and there's not going to be that much of a difference in how we engage from a purchasing standpoint over time. I don't know how we get there, but I just see it happening because I keep seeing the way we buy change. And I keep seeing this product led growth movement. Do you think you have a unique advantage since you do have the MAU pricing into the website to start to do more product led growth? Cause what I can see is like, because one of the parts of doing pricing in MAU and going after smaller businesses is you have to also be cognizant of your weighted CAC and how you keep essentially your ability to advertise because you have a lower average order value yet similar gross margins oftentimes, right? And so right. you have to decrease the weighted cost, whether it needs fewer AEs to close it, fewer SDRs, different comp plans. One of the ways people do that, right, is to get people into trial environments or into those types of things. Do you see that becoming more of a normal thing for enterprise software is more product-led trial growth? Uh, I'm, um, if, you had a, if you and I were having the same conversation uh, you know, 10 years ago, I would have said to you, Garrett, you're absolutely right. That's, this is exactly where this is headed. Um, and um, uh, and it is, um, this is one of, the, one of the things that I, I personally thought was gonna happen for a long time. And, yes, <laughs> and, and, and and like you not wearing your Miami Vice jacket today or or whatever, you know, I, I think maybe I was wrong. Um, you know, I think there's a the human element of enterprise um, that that becomes really important um, uh, during um, during the purchasing process, um, and um, and then I all you know as as 
you know, automated as you can make the sales process, as as good as you can make the um, the AI driven chatbot. Um, you know, it, it's not you and me having a conversation, answering questions on the fly yet. Um, and um, so when you're um, uh, traveling in five years and you get into your autonomous um, Uber um, and, it, and it drives you, um, drives you from uh, uh, Long Beach, uh, you know, back to the OC or where, wherever yeah. you are, um, you know, you'll still, I think, be on a, on a sales call with a tech stack vendor um, talking about the, um, the benefits because I think, you know, the majority of the, uh, the enterprise products are, are still going to require that interaction. Now, what the brands can do better, um, okay. a, lot of, a lot of companies can do a lot, uh, do a better job of is, is providing the, um, the right kind of information about that brand. Um, during the sales process and in the uh, in in the demo environment, um, and um, and this is an area that um, uh, I, I think you know we're uh, you know constantly spending time on, and, and you know how do you improve the uh, yeah, in uh, in product user experience? Yeah. Um, you know how do you provide better documentation um, that maps to the uh, maps to the uh, the potential customers' needs. Um, and well, how do you do that? You have your demo library and your demo center. How's that working for you? Uh, yeah, pretty, uh, pretty, pretty good. I mean, um, uh, and also, um, I, you know, we are very product, uh, product led as well, um, yeah. from uh, from an org perspective, and um, and um, and so the you know the area that I know we we spend a lot of time on, and we've got a lot more coming is is inside that uh, that resource center. And and the um, upcoming you know additional um, uh, additional pieces of of uh, you know user experience content is the best way I would describe it um, is is in the process of um, of starting to get rolled out in the uh, in the next couple quarters and I think that just will make a huge difference um, for um, for for people when they're in these um, uh, in these enterprise style apps for sure or products I love that. Are you ready for round two? Let's do it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. So round one, I fail. Oh, God. It was round two one is uh, black. Okay. So, black cherry. Uh, like, if you make me drink a uh, white claw. <laughs> yeah. Instead yeah. of a Coors Light. Instead of a Coors Light, right? Or a. Um, or one of those uh, ultra light beers that has no alcohol in it. Um, black cherry is what I go with. Okay, that's your flavor. I got it. All right, there we go, baby. Now, I want a soundbite. Category creation. What do you think? What's your real raw opinion on it? Good idea, bad idea. Works, doesn't work. What do you need to make it work? Like, what do you think? <laughs> okay. Uh, so, category <laughs> creation is so hard to do. Um, uh, do you have um, uh, Do you have Goodyear blimp money? Um, to, uh, to, to, to build a category, yes or no. Um, so what, what are the benefits of category creation? Let's um, give a dollar amount though, Dave. What do you, how much money do you think you need to spend on category awareness advertising in a year to get no. awareness? Yeah, so um, I'm, I'm just gonna take this from a, a North American 
perspective. We we spend a ton of money in um, in in Europe, in India, and in Asia, um, as well as North America. But just for the Nam market, you, you're you're somewhere between five and ten million dollars um, to 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 really even. I think even stretch the the, uh, the the surface of getting something off the ground. To make uh, a dent, to be like, we are the experience application. I, I mean, I, I, I think you really like, when you really sit down and you start to think about it, you know, the, the importance of, um, uh, you know, pre-COVID, uh, you know, having um, three billboards strategically placed around, uh, around North America, um, you know, Times Square, um, sports sponsorships. Um, you, you have to take SF Airport. <laughs> uh, yeah, SF Airport. I mean, you know, Salesforce's original strategy of airports. Um, you know, when they were launching launching their company, um, you know, they were in you know several of the major metropolitan airports, and you couldn't grab your luggage without seeing the <laughs> the anti software sign, um, which is now CrowdStrike, right? Right, right, right. <laughs> Which is great. So, um, but if you think about it, like the successful enterprise brands, they all run consumer marketing programs um, because they have to, uh, they, they seep into the consumer marketing space. Um, and so you're not just talking about, um, right, you know, going heavily to, uh, to trade shows and events in your vertical. At some point, you have to seep into the consumer market somehow. Um, uh, to to bring it to reality, I mean, New Relic's another good example of um of a brand that I think have, has done this pretty well. Um, Client of ours, a little shout out. Yeah. Oh, oh cool, cool. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, uh, I know the guys from their uh, battery. Uh, they they just got funded days at battery. So. No, I love it. For you. Do you want to create a category? Do you not think it's valuable? Do you think it's worth it? Yeah, um, um, you know, we're. Uh, um, I think I've got an analyst call today um, coming up um, in uh, in uh, I think the next uh, half hour. Um, it's on my list. Um, you know, I, I have uh, uh, probably you know two or three analyst calls a week. Um, you know, traditional suspect, you know, uh, companies, and then. And so we're, we're we're talking, you know, constantly about, you know, the established sort of markets and, you know, that they uh, that they have sort of uh, created. We live in um, this world of omnichannel, um, yep. uh, which, uh, you know, I was joking with my dad about I, I first used omnichannel my first gig back in the mid 90s. Um, and it's reared its ugly head back again. And, and back then it meant. Uh, it meant, you know, direct mail and fax broadcasting. At the um, same time. Yeah. At the same time. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and so, you know, Omnichannel is all about, you know, the you know, obviously the ability to, um, uh, you know, send a similar message to, uh, to the same person across multiple channels. Um, and how do you do that um, uh, effectively? Where are the ethics in marketing um, around that? Um, and so a big part of our product does that. And another big part of our product actually um, helps you when you're actually inside uh, inside the app uh, experience uh, piece as well. So Garrett, you're, uh, you're, if you're anything like me, Garrett, um, uh, 
you know, my um, my uh, uh, 9 p.m. Uh, Netflix watching experience is different from my midnight. I put the family, uh, children, uh, and I put them to bed. This famous line is, "I've gone hunting for dinner now," and and now I'm now I'm sitting back and and I'm gonna watch um, watch something that I'm I'm really interested in. Um, uh, theoretically, like the big apps. They, they yeah. know this and my experience uh, changes um, uh, a little bit. The, uh, the romantic comedies I was watching at 9 p.m. are now gone. Um, and, you know, the action- Kill Bill and the rest of them are now showing up everywhere. That's right. I, uh, how many times can I kill Bill uh, volume two? Uh, again, over and over and over again. Um, but, um, yes, uh, it's, it's, uh, pretty interesting stuff. I think. No, I love what you're saying. Cause I do see like, you guys have the G2 work. I'm, I'm missing the normal suspects of the Gartner and the Forrester. And I, and I see some of the other pieces, not all the way there. And that's why I was curious. I mean, at nine months, I wasn't like, I was like, Oh, where is it? It was more like, yeah. you know, we, kind we, of actually, like, we, we actually, it depend, depends on the page. We actually just rolled out our Gartner, uh, our Gartner, um, uh, cool vendor report, um, yeah, and cool. um, and uh, we have some stuff in the works with uh, with uh, with Forrester. Still worth it? Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it, <laughs> everybody goes, well, yeah. I mean, yeah. You kind of got to play the game. Here, here's the deal. It it um <laughs> it, it's 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 um I think it's really worth it if you can um if you can get um uh, a stronger understanding of the industry specifically from the uh, from the analyst company. And and then you also have to um, think of them in terms of um, I'm going to put this in modern kids terms. Um, you know my my um, uh, you know kids watch you know whatever YouTube shows they watch, and yeah. somebody uh, an influencer during that show just stops for a second, and they uh, they pull out the black current card, um, and and they and they do a a soft sell for the current card. During the, you know what I'm talking about. You've yeah. seen these videos, so they so they so they do this. Uh, Gartner, Forrester, um, most of the analyst firms are uh, are are potential influencers of of large uh, companies for you, uh, in the same way um, that a um, that a, an influencer in a YouTube video is with the, with the current card as well. Um, and so you want you want to have good relationships with them. Um, and you want to get their feedback and an understanding of, of where you stack up against any potential competition. No, I love that answer. And it, it makes total sense. It's more than just the quadrant that adds the value. Yeah. And it's an ecosystem you kind of have to be a part of uh, yeah. if you really want to be a player. So, no, that's amazing. Dave, Sauron Sass, that's it, man. If anyone wants to follow along with you and CleverTap, uh, what's the best way for them to do it? Yeah, um, you know, check out our uh, check out our big website uh, um, when you have a chance. Um, and um, if anybody wants to hunt me down, um, feel free to um, you know hunt me down at dave.debaugh at clevertap.com, or you can also catch me on LinkedIn as well. Yep, and Dave has a new show launching, the Backwards Hat CMO That's right. uh, podcast. So make sure you tune in there uh, and follow him on social, so you know when it drops. So thank you so much, Dave. This has been amazing. And uh, that's another episode of Sour and Sass. Bye, everybody. Thanks, Garth.